Hey guys, welcome back to Switch Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. And today we're back with another special episode. Today we have Oral Roberts, basketball player, DeShane Weaver. DeShane, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you? I'm good. It's good to meet y'all. It's great to meet you. So we're ready to talk hoops. And just to get things started, what actually got you into basketball? Uh, The main thing that got me into basketball was at the age of 12, after quitting football, um, my mom and I were talking about sports and one of her um, friends was asking if I could join their small little AAU group. And I told mom, I said, I'd give it a try since I uh, I touched the basketball a few times growing up from five to 12, but I didn't take it seriously. At that point, I just moved on from football to basketball. I didn't expect to really get a scholarship or anything off of it. <clears throat> so it was um it was pretty interesting to see how it turned into this out of uh after all this time. You know, as you like kind of grew, like continue to play basketball, as as you got older, like were there any like NBA players you like really liked watching and like kind of wanted to be like? Uh as I was growing into basketball as a kid, the main NBA player that before his I wouldn't say downfall. I wouldn't say a downfall, but I would say that he um, he went from doing well to some ACL tears, took him out. Jabari Parker was the guy that I was paying attention to a lot as I was growing up from high school into college because um, his move, his movement on the court, his ability to attack the pain, his way of shooting and scoring it was all very unique to the game for someone that was six eight his size and such but i mean you're six seven do you think you modeled that into your type of game and that type of finishing i guess that parker did hmm. no the thing that made parker so special to me was because he moved so uniquely me in particular i've had a few i've asked some nba coaches i've asked college coaches I've asked some friends that are in the NBA and I've asked some friends that are overseas, who do I mimic? Some of them have said, uh, like Mikel Bridges. Some of them have said uh, Channing Frye. Some have said Ryan Anderson. Some have said uh, somebody like Nicholas Batum and such. I haven't really been you know, compared, so to speak, with Jabari Parker. But I would say that as I was watching him play at Duke against Andrew Wiggins and such, it was definitely somebody that I wanted to mimic for sure if uh, if he'd have lasted longer in the NBA, from my understanding. I mean, first things first, we didn't really ask you how's your season going, which you probably should have from the start. So how has that been so far? We're having a good turnaround. We just recently won our game yesterday. Sorry for... The fact that I haven't been able to talk to y'all in a few in a while. It's just no, it's all good. This is with the schedule. But yesterday's game was a good good showing that we're maintaining our momentum from when we beat Omaha and our upset with South Dakota State University, um, which probably got y'all's attention. You're not gonna mention how many points you had in that game yet? Thirty two. Uh in recent yeah. last night's game. Isaac McBride had dropped 34. I guess he was trying to one-up me. 
So, I mean, we were against that later, but 32 career high after many years. You're one few. I think how many years have you been at Oral Roberts? Five or six now? Six uh, for this year counting. Yeah, because you're different of COVID. But obviously, after six years, dropping 32 points is remarkable, especially I think what, you had seven or eight threes. I mean, that's top level, at least three-point shooting in college basketball. One, at least top 10 in a game this season, at least I know of. So. How did you going into that game? What was do you have a different game plan that you usually had, or do you just felt good shooting, so you just kept going with it? Uh, actually, my knees were pretty shot that game. I had, had some complications occurred during shoot around to where like both my knees were just. I was getting to a point where I was questioning if I could even play, so I stayed after after our shoot around and just worked on my knees the entire time, whether it be the Norma Tech or icing them or doing a, the Theragun with them stretching. After doing all those different activities, I didn't even have the chance to really warm up because I was still trying to take care of my legs the entire time. And just going out there with the team warm up, the shot was good. And then going into the game, I just, my teammates tell me all the time, like, shoot, don't worry about passing too much. Just shoot the ball because that's your job. That's what you're here for. Obviously, pass the ball, get assists, make sure that there's a continuity going on in the game. But I'm one of the team's main three-point shooters, so I need to do my job. <laughs> yeah, and to talk about, like, you know, your experience at Oral Roberts, like, what is it like, you know, being in the NCAA tournament a couple times? You know, a few years back, you guys had a couple wins. So, like, what is that, you know, what is that, like, atmosphere like? Uh, the COVID version, the atmosphere wasn't all that special. It was more so sights. Never been to Indianapolis, never been to Purdue, things like that. So the sights were very interesting, but nothing really crazy. The second one where we played against Duke, that one was a lot more surprising for how just it was an it was it was a much different atmosphere. It reminded me of when my team we went to play Oklahoma State a few years prior, um, and during that time we had almost the most fans we've ever had in ORU history in the stands for that one game. It was so loud to the point where I actually couldn't even hear myself for the first time in my own gym. I mean, so like expand on that. You that Ohio State game was probably one of your most at least memorable games in your career. I've had to guess it was one of the biggest upsets in all of March Madness history. A fifteen being a two. You guys had a great year. I mean, you went eighteen and ten, which is very respectable. That's very very good. But playing in the number two seed in the tournament, and then obviously Max had twenty nine points in that game, which is I think he had three back to back to back twenty five point games. I think that tournament run that you guys had, but. That main game, what was that game like? I know it went to overtime and you guys won at three, so that had to be some one of the craziest experiences you've had, at least in college basketball, if I had to guess. Yeah, winning that Ohio State game was it was priority number one. The most interesting part was how we stayed in the game. Obviously, being what 15th, almost 16th seed, the odds of us even not even winning, but staying within the game of a less than 10 point deficit we were considered to lose basically like a hundred percent like 99.9 percent um to beat those odds 
not even focusing on the odds, but to stay in the game and surpass the team that we were playing. It wasn't necessarily shocking for us in the moment, because as you already know, being an athlete, being a competitor, regardless if the odds are against you, your intentionality is to win, whether that's high probability or low probability. So during the moment, no, we weren't surprised that we were winning. We weren't really shocked that it was going in our favor. We were mostly just focused on the game plan. We were there for a mission. But afterwards, it was quite the shock. We celebrated as hard as we could because you only get this experience once. Even if you get it multiple times, that's still rare in and of itself, regardless what team you're on or or what version of this experience you get to see, whether you're D2, D3, NAIA, and you go to your own version of March Madness. It all in and of itself is special, regardless how many times you go. I mean, yeah, and then you guys, like, second round, you also beat Florida. So, like, what was, like, you know, carrying that momentum to the next game, you know, having another big win? Florida was a bit more difficult because we knew that they had more film on us. We knew that they had a better understanding of how to guard us, things like that. And also they were more so going to focus on the fact that they were more physically dominant than us because Ohio State had no seven-footers, you know, 6'11", 6'10s and such. Florida, they had a few guys that were a bit more athletic. They, their big thing was to focus on and trying to beat us in the interior and guarding us well enough at the three-point line and make sure that they that we don't have an edge. But thanks to some well, some big mate, uh, some big name shots and our guys staying poised, we were able to come up with a win overall. But that's because we were, I believe, we were just more disciplined at the end of the day. I mean, if you go a little further back in your high school days. One thing that interested me when, like, obviously researching you is that you had an offer from Kansas and you chose to go to ORU. So, what can you describe that whole, I guess, commitment and the reasoning and what is that sort of like for you? Um, from freshman year to now, well, not freshman year to now, freshman year to senior year, I went through a roller coaster. Uh, from eighth grade to fret to from twelve to fifteen years old, I became like the top five ranked athlete in the country uh when i was 13 14 15 when i was 15 i was like number 22 in the nation on the espn top 25 ranking list uh i almost went to the olympic team the only reason they didn't pick me for that fiba u16 team was because jerry vanderbilt who's with the lakers now was picked ahead since he was just a year older <laughs> It's still pretty impressive that NBA guy beat you out. I mean, that's still pretty impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. This um, I bet if I called him now, we'd still be able. But uh, no, it's it's. I'm just I'm happy that he's succeeding in his in his journey since he went through a lot with stress fractures in his feet and such. But to continue on, see freshman year, I had offers from majority of Texas, so Texas, Baylor, TCU. Uh, I think LSU sent me like a envelope back when I was in eighth grade. Um, I have obviously some of your smaller schools like Rice uh, University. I had Seton Hall came up to me during one of my AAU tournaments and asked if they could recruit me. Uh, 
Virginia, Virginia Tech had interest. Arkansas was a full-blown offer. That was actually the school I was trying to go to, not ORU. I can delve more into that if you want to know. Um, who else? Kansas, I did a visit for Kansas. They had a lot of interest. I didn't necessarily get a full-blown offer from Bill Self himself. It was more I did an unofficial visit with them because I did the same with UCLA. UCLA had interest. I did an unofficial visit with them when I was at one of the Pangos All-American camps. Um, the good thing that happened with me not going to Kansas, though, is I got to see what their city is like. And I will say, I, I'm not saying Tulsa is better, but Kansas was pretty dead. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, even for me. And that's and that's saying a lot. But um, freshman year, I had all that. I had all that going on. Sophomore year, my first injury happens at 16. Tore my right ACL. Majority of those interests that you knew about diminished. They all disappeared. Like they all basically like walked out the back door because, you know, that first injury. And I took a long time to recover. I didn't try to come back quickly so that I could keep up my rankings. I just, I said, it's okay to not be rated high anymore since it's, if it's that easy to get to the top and that easy to get to the bottom, that in and of itself doesn't matter that much. What matters more is the content that you that you show. If As long as there's film of my worth, whomever would rather just take what they get from what they see rather than look at me because of a ranking. I'll know that they're actually looking for my, my best interests more so than the ones that are just looking at a, at a ranking of sorts. But um, sophomore year, I still had off Texas, Texas, Baylor, TCU, et cetera. Um, junior year, when my team went to state championship, I was, Basically with Arkansas, uh, all those other Texas schools, U of H and such, I didn't go to, I didn't pick them because this is before NIL. Um, if NIL was the deal now, I'd, my, my, my time here at ORU, honestly, I believe that this was more life-changing for me than any other college could have been in terms of my, like, transforming me as a person character building things like that monetarily stuff from that nature if nil happened a bit earlier things might have been different but the good thing that i kind of get to have is i don't have to see things in the short term i get to see them more in the long term i'm building i get this education for free i go and get an actual degree that's worth something um, I have a legitimate backup plan. I've actually made good connections in college. I've networked with the right people. And NIL can't really buy you that. It can kind of get you the same things for sure. Like you'll still get to network. You'll still get to have those connections. You'll still get to uh, also get some extra money as well. It's just that I'd say the only benefit of not being in the time of NIL is that my my where my vision is would be in the wrong place. 
Because now what guys are doing is guys are more focused on where can I get the biggest bag? They're not focused on where can I develop my skills the best? Now, if guys are thinking, where can I develop my skills, get the biggest bag and have the nicest benefits and still play and they get all those things, they, they're winning. They're, they're straight winning. But most guys aren't really in that position. Those are your five-star recruits, uh, four-and-a-half, five-star recruits. Guys that are four, three-star, three-and-a-half-star recruits, they're not as – they're not going to get a Duke offer, start, get it a massive NIL deal, go to the fancy um, private meetings with some sponsors and boosters, as well as, you know, not have jealousy from the rest of the team and things like that. But I digress. To continue on, the Arkansas thing, I didn't turn out well because I went to the Arkansas Jayhawks for my AAU um, for the Adidas AAU circuit when I was a junior in uh, high school because I was basically committed to Arkansas, but I said I wanted to still see, like, who am I going to play with? Since these are the guys that are also going to go to Arkansas next year, who am I going to play with? I go play with them. It, it, it was really bad. It was just it was a really bad experience. Um, I don't even know how to describe why it was bad. It was, just, it was a bad feeling for me. I talked to um, my family about it, and I said, like, I can't go to Arkansas. These are the people I'm going to be going with. Because if I'm having a bad experience with them now, four years with these guys is not going to work out for me. So I didn't really have many options because Texas, Shocker Smart said Marquette now, at the time he was at Texas, it was a bit rocky for him. U of H, Coach Sampson, they weren't they weren't like that when I was getting recruited. They weren't built like that. They're building, you know, facilities, all that. They weren't as big as they were now. Um, and by the time I got there, like it be, I, I see all the success now. But I mean, I I help build the same thing at ORU. It just doesn't look like U of H because it's not the same conference or the same budget and things like that. And it's not a public school. Uh. TCU, it was too new. The coach that was recruiting me at TCU, he was brand new. Um, I later found out after not going there, like he got arrested and things like that. So I'd have just been, I'd have been butt naked at a college that some reason I just decided, oh, let me just go here because everybody's new. I'm new, you know, no. It had been a bad idea. Uh, Baylor. I don't know why I picked. I didn't pick Baylor. Uh, I can't remember the exact reason. I think they were having like football scandals. Uh, they were having assault scandals at the time with Baylor. They've been recruiting me since I was eighth grade as well. Same with Texas and U of H. But I don't know. I was. Baylor just didn't work out. But ORU came because Talvin Hester, who was at U of H, I believe, was recruiting me. And he said, hey, come with me to uh, ORU. And he had a few other coaches with him that were going to ORU as well, not to ramble too long about this particular subject. But 
he was trying to get me to go with him to ORU. And there were some other coaches like Coach Pierre and Coach Mills who had been watching me since I was a kid. They were all there. And I just thought, okay, they've all been paying attention to me. They want me for my content, not because of a ranking. Might as well roll with it. Even though it was at the time when I first got here, it was horrible. They were losing games by like almost 50. Uh, so what? how that, if they were losing games by 50, was the main reason that you wanted to go there not based off actually a team? It was just like you, like the coaching staff and the non-actual team, I guess, talent? Yeah, because at the time, I still was kind of getting, I was still in the mode of, I'm just here for the scholarship. I'm just here to like, play basketball at a high level, get a good scholarship and just see where it takes me. I wasn't in the mode of what is the fastest route to the NBA. That wasn't the mode I was in because basketball at the time wasn't really like a mind-blowing big deal to me. It was more of a means to an end. As long as I get out of here with no debt and I have multiple different job offers that will satisfy my needs, I'm happy. As well as it's a quiet place. It fits my personality well. I'm not really a loud, rambunctious person. I'm more of someone that's reserved, that wants to stay in the comfort of his own home and not be bothered. Those other colleges, problems would come to me. Here, I had to go find problems. If I want to have girl problems, I had to go, I had to go out and seek those problems out. At some other colleges, no matter what they tell you, like the problems can come to you if you're doing well. If you're, you know, last dude on the bench, nobody cares about you. I don't care where you go. You're not going to really have issues. But, you know, you're getting a, a Zoom meeting after a 32-point night, and let's say that's a regular occurrence. It's not just a podcast. People are going to be asking you to get on. You're going to be asked to do press conference interviews. You're going to be asked to, um, NILs are going to start popping in and asking you to represent their brands and such. A lot more responsibilities are going to be placed upon you. You're the kid walking on campus. I'm off campus. I'm a graduate student. Imagine being a sophomore. Uh, you're only like 18, 19, 20 years old. And all of this attention is on you at once. Your parents aren't here to, you know, shield you from all of it. Your friends aren't there to give you the best advice to say, don't do that. Don't do this. Um, you're getting NIL deals and such. So you're getting more money than the seniors, the seniors, unless you're cool with them, they're not really going to look at you and say to themselves, Oh, let me help this kid out. Some seniors might actually say to themselves, let's see where this goes. If he, if he goes under cool, I can get my spot back on the starting on the starting lineup. I mean, it's it can be a slippery slope. The internal that most people don't know about is all those different responsibilities being shouldered onto one person at once because they're doing well. They can sometimes be more heavier than if they're the last dude on the bench without any playing time. And so, I mean, like, you know what, you've been at Oral Roberts for like six years, so like, Throughout the six years, you know, like what has like kind of learned throughout that time. And like even last year, you briefly were in the transfer portal, but like what kind of ultimately led you to, you know, coming back for one more year? Mm, I hate to steal from Joel and B, but trusting in the process actually is as 
it's as real as it gets. Uh, with coming back to RU, I came back because of the coaching staff. Uh, Coach Springman, I've had a strong relationship all this time I've been here. He's one of the big reasons that I've even stayed here, even even before the last time I got in the transfer portal. And he's one of the big reasons a lot of the guys you see on the team are still here is because they have a good relationship with uh, Coach Springman. If it was a new coach and more new players, you would see a brand new ORU team. It wouldn't even – there would be no Kareem Thompson, Isaac McBride, Trey Phipps, Deshang Weaver, Sir Isaac Heron, Elijah Lawrence, Damari Willard. Like, most of those guys would have left or they'd be in some serious struggle because now they're really questioning if they'll play or not. But since Coach is here, people are able to actually say to themselves, All right, I, I believe I have a chance now that he's here for them to either shine, to get playing time, or to have a better experience, a college or better college experience, or mainly a good chance to win. But trusting in the process is taking my relationships, not for granted, but taking them seriously. I believe that Coach Springman has my best interests at heart. No, no matter where I would transfer to, I had to rebuild relationships again one year that's like going to one different high school every single year you know those military kids you know their parents are always transferring to different locations so the kids always having to make new friends every single year that can be stressful like i say it's more stressful back then than it is now now i mean we got phones we got yeah. vr it's like i could literally if Ted is over in Minnesota and I was there for only a year and I come over to New Hampshire or something. I still can FaceTime call. I can still like basically see him in person, just not physically there. Whereas back then when I was a freshman and such, like you don't really want to like transfer all too much. The most you get is phone calls. And I think that was before FaceTime was all the way, the way it is now. So, I mean, I think your second best game, at least this season, in terms, obviously, point production, but I think maybe most meaningful, you played versus Tulsa. Obviously, Oral Roberts is in Tulsa, so that has to mean something. Then you pick up a 20-piece and a nine-point win versus a team that I don't think you were favored versus. So that had to mean something. That was definitely a big win for you guys as a team, and obviously for you playing that well, making five threes. So what was that game for you like this season? It was a game to continue making a statement that or you owns Tulsa. As long as my guys are still here, we control Tulsa. That is a bragging right win. I mean, I think that was they they reused the same trophy, I believe. <laughs> they didn't get a new trophy. <laughs> we still had the same trophy from last year. They just put it up and presented it. It was just all right, let's let's win it again. But um no, I did hear a lot of uh, trash talk from a few friends that are actually at TU that were saying, like, oh, y'all ain't winning this year. <laughs> TU is going to get that trophy back. And I just thought to myself, not as long as me and my guys are here. It's really just a – it was a bragging right win. It was also to show that ORU still has it, despite 
some of the guys that we've have transferred out or moved on, or are you still has that moxie? They're still they're still worth putting in contention. So I mean, we're gonna hop into so you know some rapid fire questions uh, towards the end of this interview. So I mean, our first one is uh, who's like the toughest player you've ever had to guard in your college career? Toughest mm. to ever guard, I would say it was either as an opponent or a teammate. We saw a point, yeah. An opponent, an opponent, toughest player ever guard. I'd say it was, um, I forget what his name is. He used to play for South Dakota State uh, like two, three years ago. I'd say, nah, the hardest was ever was Mike Dillon. He was my he was here my freshman year when I was at ORU. This dude was averaging like 39 points a game. I think Jeez. it was like 6'11 to almost 230. And he was just this tall white boy that could couldn't jump really well but he was like the second coming of larry bird this man couldn't miss a three he could score (laughs) anywhere in the mid in the mid paint he can drive it he can post up he would he was damn near bringing the ball down the court and he also had like two or three bigs to play with at the same time Whilst he was shooting from corner, from wing, from top of the key in the slots, getting to the free throw line, shoot 10 free throws again. This dude is insane. Uh, what's your favorite arena that you've played in? The Magic Arena. Or like, what was, what was the, the phrase there? What was the best, like, I guess, atmosphere you've played in, not counting that arena, like college teams wise? College team atmosphere, best ever played in. For some reason, Arkansas is on my mind. Arkansas, that first time we played them in the preseason, when we went to Arkansas to play. The thing about that place, it was a very intense situation because we made it clear like we had the ability to beat them, and they were shocked. So as it just went on to where we almost won, and then they beat us, like I've never seen a crowd so just like, sigh of relief they were all just cheering because they thought they were about to lose to Oral Roberts so I mean outside of you know playing basketball uh, like what is like your favorite hobby mm-hmm. if you don't account for video games it's looking at stocks learning the piano learning how to speak French uh, obviously hanging out with um, close friends and definitely listening to music. Who are some of your favorite teammates that you've played with or gone close with over the six years in college? Man, as a crazy Elijah Lufile, Aiden Saunders, he's big on my mind. Um, obviously, the guys I went to for Sweet 16, Max, Carlos, Kareem. Uh, Kevin O'Banner, Connor Vanover from la- uh, from last year. Patrick Mwamba was really fun to be around. Hmm. 
Ish was pretty cool. Ishma Plett, as well as Jamie Bergens. Francis Losses, when I was a freshman, he was he was cool to hang around with a lot. Uh, so far, that's RJ Fuque as well. Definitely will give him a shout out as, as long as well as um Trey Burns. That dude's hilarious. I mean, our, our last question for you is, uh, I mean, what are your, kind of your goals going forward, you know, after your college career? Bro, see how long this rides out, see how much money I can make with it. It's better to just, I'm good at it, see how long I can be good at it, see what level of good I can be at it, see how much I can make from it. That point on, I want to make sure that if I can make as much money as possible with it, it'll then make whatever I do next not mandatory but more of something that i want to do a lot of a lot of guys you'll meet in this basketball sphere the ones that have sense that have played professional if you ask them what's your life savings like what's your retirement plan like they'll say they're fine because they've saved majority of their money they've made playing pro whatever level it is as well as they'll have bought that house they won't have spent too much money on cars and fancy watches and such. And they'll have been taking care of their, if they have a family, they'll be taking care of the kids and all that before they even think about taking care of themselves. The guys that if you ask them about their finances after uh, playing pro that have said, like, I've lived an amazing life. I've, I've been everywhere. I've traveled. You ask them about their life savings and they kind of bypass it. Those are the ones that you should like pay attention to. Like, okay, those are the ones that they might have spent too much money in the beginning. And now they're trying to, you know, keep whatever they have left their scraps and and hold on. I mean, that's pretty much all we could ask for in this interview. Thank you so, so much, Shang. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you guys as well. Keep doing your thing. Thank you. For sure. Y'all are doing something great. Thank you. Good luck on the rest of the season.